With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well out there. We're, of course, live on YouTube for our second show of the week. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Audio Boom, we're across all major audio platforms. And we're also now, like I say, live on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. Big, big show, of course. We've been waiting to really find out more news in terms of Nuno Espirito's press conference ahead of this game against Manchester City before we do a big preview. And I'm glad to say, I think I've tried to find three most balanced Spurs fans out there to give us their opinions, <laughs> their verdicts as to what is going on with Tottenham Hotspur ahead of a new season, which I'm sure they can't wait to get away. Delighted to have alongside me the wonderful Jason McGovern's back with us. Jace, how are you? I'm um, really well. I'm just looking at the Premier League table and Arsenal are currently bottom of the league. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful table. And if the pre- if season can end now, they're finally relegated. So what I a love fantastic it. season's in store. So if it can carry on like that, yeah, I'm looking forward to it already. Absolutely <laughs> also delighted to welcome back to the show. It's been a while and he's here from the wonderful Dr Tottenham podcast. The wonderful Vascone is with us. Vas, I know it's been a while. How are you? I'm all good, thanks, Ricky. Nice to be back with you fellas again. It's oh, been it's a nice while, to have but, you on. Um, always in our hearts, that's for sure. Oh, I must say, John, I listen to your podcast every single week, and I, I do absolutely love it. So if you haven't checked out the Dr. Tottenham podcast, make sure you add that to your list. Great, great pod. Uh, great guys, great banter, and great humour on there. You need it being a Spurs fan. So, you know, <laughs> I say, great to have Vass back on the thanks, show. Rick. And great also delighted, also delighted to welcome the wonderful Adam Osper to the last one on Spurs. Ads, we had him over the summer. And he's back guys. to all things Tottenham. That's how are you? I'm all good. Sorry, my son at the same time is watching it on YouTube. He's nine and a half and he's calling me to tell me he can see me. I'm all good, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. 
<laughs> our pleasure, our pleasure, Ads. But like I say, it's been um, fair to say, a crazy, chaotic summer at Tottenham. You know, as Spurs, it, it's never dull, never quiet. I think even for Spurs, that they didn't hire a manager for what, over 72 days. We finally get one. And then alongside that, just the Harry Kane saga has just blew this summer apart. And I know it's a case where Harry Kane, that saga, can go into overkill. So we're not going to go too crazy about it. But I do want to start first, you guys, with pre-season. Um, I mean, listen, we've got Man City to come, of course, on the weekend. First game of the season. Couldn't get any more tougher to come. But for Nuno, it's going to be his first competitive match in charge. Jay, let's come to you. How have you found Nuno's pre-season with Tottenham? Have you been happy overall by how the team have played? Can we read anything into that ahead of Man City to come at the weekend? I think the thing that I've I've tried to look for is is to find out if we're going to go with a flat back four or we're going to play with with Reggie on and and somebody else as a wing back, uh, probably Doherty, uh, which which you feel like with Reggie on and Doherty we're more suited to play with wing backs, but with with no real centre halves available pre season other than than Eric Dyer, it's very difficult to go with three centre halves if you simply haven't got three centre halves around. So. We're still not quite sure as the season progresses what we'll do, but I think we've tried to to get on the front foot as much as possible, which which against Chelsea was always hard. I mean, there was lots of comments or criticism in the Chelsea game, but they're European champions and we finished seventh, and we never go and get a result at Stamford Bridge. So you know, I wouldn't go too far there. I think last week was was a better better parameter for us, if you like, to see where we were. Um, I think the form of Lucas Moura pre-season has, has looked good, particularly with assisting goals rather than just running through individual challenges and scoring them. Bergvine's worked hard. Sonny's come back. Doesn't look like he's been away whatsoever. So from that point of view, it's looked good. Hoiberg's slipped back into it last week, didn't he? And uh, put the fear of Christ up to Arteta. Uh, Eric Dyer looked quite good last week, but we know you can have one good game, one bad game. So I think from pre-season, we probably see... I think it's probably nine of the starters for the weekend. We just don't know whether we'll have a, a, a striker up front and we don't yet know whether it will be Doherty, Tanganga. Uh, it wouldn't even surprise me if Oria plays at the weekend. So I think you, you, can, you can get a feel for how we'll set up the first few weeks, but, but we'll see if he sticks with that system once that transfer window shuts and perhaps he's brought in one or two other players that he, that he wants. Let's come over to you. Normally, pre-season, we'd probably be away on a tour overseas. Obviously, it's all changed with the COVID situation that we find ourselves in. What's been your thoughts, Vass, on playing the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal in these pre-season games? Do you think it's been a good test or would you prefer to maybe go and play overseas opposition? It's always difficult lining up against, um, well, two of your fiercest rivals in pre-season. It's not really something that you generally do or, from a fan point of view, want to see because uh, it can sort of kickstart all sorts of um, hoodoos and emotions and superstitions and all this kind of stuff. But um, as it's turned out, the two games against Arsenal and Chelsea have worked well for us. Um, admittedly, the Chelsea game was influenced more by the result more than the performance in, in terms of how we feel as fans. But as Jace just said, we the, the, the second game against um, Arsenal last week, I think the performance gave us some encouragement and he's quite right. We've seen quite a few of the players get their fitness and look ready for the season, which I think was the most important aspect of, of all. 
Totally agree. That's coming over to you. I mean, like I said there to Vass, it's you know been such a bit of a difficult pre-season in terms of normally, like I say, we'd probably have more of a, a schedule planned, more of you know different opposition to to test us in different ways. Playing Arsenal and Chelsea, um, it's been I've found it's been certain certain parts of the game quite high intensity, which in one way might suit us for these early games to come. Because like I say, to be fair, um, when you look at our opening fixtures, we've been dealt quite a, a tough card. I can probably say, and maybe I'm being biased being a Spurs fan, but overall, could you have seen a, 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 an identity coming with Tottenham under Nuno? Is it too early to go down that route? I think it's quite early because the really early games, there are Germany kids playing and then, you know, the more experienced players as Germany's preseason goes on, um, that they start introducing them. I, I, I suppose, I think the thing for me, which has been interesting, and I don't pay too much attention to preseason because the last time I got excited about preseason was under Juan de Ramos. Um, <laughs> I think we won every single game, didn't we? And then I think uh, we got two points from uh, from nine games, which is Harry's favourite line for the next three years. Um, but under under Nuno, under Wolves, and what I've seen in preseason is they were always really good in the second half. They, they would often be really slow starters in the first half which isn't obviously a great thing, but they've massively improved and ended games well. And I think from pre-season, there has been that theme that in the second half, we've looked strong and finished well. And, you know, amongst the many criticisms from last season was we generally ended games, you know, horrifically and, and conceded however many goals we did late. So I think that's probably one of the most important signs. And I think it's been spoken about is the fitness later in the games, which is important. Yeah. Overall, Ed, so far, you know, you've been quite impressed because, I mean, let's be honest about it, 70, 70 days later after we've scoured um, the whole Europe for a manager, yeah. you know, an interesting managerial search, to say the least. Yeah, it, I mean, a lot of it was, I'm sure a lot of it was just nonsense, you know, and you get caught up in it. I mean, it was like, this one's in, that one's in, this one's out, that one's out, this one's advanced and all of that nonsense that comes along with it. I think... I. I Listening to him talk to like the Spurs channels compared to how we spoke in the press conference, and because I was on this today, I watched the whole press conference. He was very short with the media today. I don't know if you noticed that. And I read that about him, that he was very... Yeah, he's like that. He's very, he's very controlled with his answers. He gives yeah. very little away. He just mm. gives little sound bites out. Whereas when he's spoken on anything officially with Spurs, you, you've maybe seen a bit more about him. Um I, I, you know, there was negativity when he, he got appointed. I always really thought Wolves were a great team to watch. People said they were really defensive and negative. But I always thought they were yep. quite an exciting team and he did a good job. Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it goes. It's funny as you say that because with Nuno, I mean, every time a new manager kept getting, getting put our way, I thought, no, no, no. And to be honest, when Nuno first was linked, I wasn't completely against it. I've got to be honest no. because, you know... I, in the first couple of seasons with Wolves, I thought they looked quite organised. They looked good on the break. Um, and I thought, well, do you know what? Give him better players and, you know, he might, you know, he might get a tune out of them. You know, I was, I've been quite impressed with the way he's always come across. I think he comes across as quite an honourable guy. You know, I think, like you said, he's very straight. He's very short with the media. I think that's one thing where I don't think you're going to get somebody that, gives you the romantic appeal like Pochettino did to the camera. No. I don't think he's that kind of manager. I think he no. will embrace the football club. He will show pride. He will ask the players to play for the club. But so far, I mean, listen, it's difficult to judge a guy when you've only seen pre-season. But that's the early indicators. Are you feeling warm to this guy at the moment? 
I know, I, yeah, I, I, oh. sorry, sorry, was that to me or Vaz? Uh, or go to Vaz, we'll come back to you, Ads. Sorry, Vaz, sorry. Mate. That's all right, mate. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, Nuno's always been a, a good speaker. I remember a couple of seasons back, uh, I always felt like he he looked like the kind of manager you'd like to have at your, your club. Um, I think a lot of Spurs fans were kind of influenced by Wolves' most recent season, which you have to be mindful that Nuno lost a lot of good players uh, last season at Wolves. He he lost Jota to Liverpool. Jimenez had a horrific injury. Uh, he lost Pedence to injury. I mean, most of his attacking players uh, and, and some other players were out because of injuries. And I think ultimately he just played because this is how, uh, you know, he could play with the, with the tools at his disposal. So I think that kind of influenced a lot of Spurs fans when he first came in. But I think as time has gone on, uh, I think most Spurs fans are just relieved not to have the drama and the toxicity that was uh, attached to Jose Mourinho. And there's a calmness and a, and a methodical kind of approach from Nuno that sort of reminds us a little bit of Pochettino, but Nuno's his own man. And um, he's kind of, winning the fans over, I think. I, I think there's a lot to be positive about. Jace, it's fair to say with Jose Mourinho, I think you you, you kind of made your feelings quite clear. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like any appointment after Mourinho is always going to be a high. But at Absolutely. one point, I've got to be honest with you, Jace, at one point, when I saw Gattuso's name being linked, I thought even Jace is not going to stand for this over Mourinho. Bearing in mind, Jace, we've, we've had pre-season. Um, we've had a, you know, a, a look at the guys so far. And you know, we've seen a couple of press conferences What's your what's your first instant reaction to him at the moment going into Sunday? Well, he was, it's difficult because he wasn't on the top of my list for sure. Uh, I did struggle a little bit with Wolves. Um, I find that, you know, first halves of game, I think Adam's right. They're, they're very passive, I think, in the first half. A hell of a lot of nil-nils at half-time with Wolves in both seasons. They don't really look to dominate a game. They want to play counter-attack as, as much as anything and that you know I've, I've you know the style of football for me is is so important at Tottenham that we we get on the front foot at home and we look to dominate games I've, you know that that for me is is there's no negotiation with that we must play that way and after that then then what happens I can I can live with but to watch us playing Fulham for instance last year at home a team in the bottom three and we're sitting back holding on to a one nil lead I don't care if you win that game. I don't want to see Tottenham playing that way. So yeah. I was a bit concerned with Nuno, but I was always impressed with Nuno when I saw him at Wolves and how he handled things. He wasn't one of these people that seemed to hide behind referees as an excuse and things like that. I think he's a really honourable person. Uh, and now he's got the job. I, I, I hope he does really well. I think it, you know, perhaps the problem with you were right, Ricky, with the manager was every single name that was linked was, no, we don't want him, we don't want him, and we don't want him. And when somebody would say to me, who do you want? Other than Pochettino's name, and I'm not even sure I wanted Poch back. I, I thought, I, do you know what? As long as Mourinho goes, I don't I don't really know who I want. And that, that was part of the problem. So Nuno's got the job. I wish him well. I'm a little bit... When I see him in... I don't know. I think with the whole Kane scenario, I'm a, a little bit concerned that that perhaps he's not getting all the information that he should be getting. And I I get that horrid feeling when I see Paratici sitting on the bench at games and things like that. I think, you know, is Nuno really just the, the glorified coach? And and I hope 
Nuno does have influence who comes into the club. And I hope we do give him the, the genuine tools to be able to... Because he will be judged on the results, Nuno. And so he must have a say in that squad to get him those results. And I, I hope Paratici's not just going out signing players willy-nilly and poor old Nuno will be gone in 12 months' time. That's that's my fear. Um, but he's, he's an honourable guy. Just, you know, I want to see the bloke work and, and, and give him the chance to get on with it now. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest about it. It's fair to say that coming to a club where, you know, he knows he's not number one. He's had to come in and deal with Spurs. Is arguably one of the one of the best strikers I've ever had in Harry Kane, and I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. He's one of the best strikers I've ever had, definitely in my lifetime. Anyway, he's dealing with a situation where clearly the player wants out, and, that, and that's difficult for any manager to come into that situation. And I say manager, he's a head coach, so that, that title itself tells you that there isn't an element of full control to his remit. Coming to you, ads. How difficult is that for him to come in from day one? He's trying to deal with his hurricane situation whilst he's trying to get the best out of the players that he's got. And let's not beat around the bush here. We know that transfer-wise, we're not finished yet. There's still a lot that needs to be done. Do you reckon he's feeling ready going into Man City at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think he would be well aware of the Kane situation when he joined the club, when he was about to join the club. It would have been one of the things that would have been discussed in detail. And I'm sure he knows everything that's going on. I think Spurs have always had this, you know, even when Potticino was the manager, you know, the season he left, he came out and goes, I'm not really the manager, I'm just the head coach. They've always had this sort of head coach thing. I think the director of football, whose name I always get wrong, Treacy, whatever it is, I think he seems to be doing a good job of getting some decent players in with his contacts and shifting stuff out. Um, and, and it looks like Levy's got less influence there in maybe the negotiations the things are moving quicker um you know i think nuno said something today which i think was is probably how he works you can only deal with what you what you can do he can only train the players he's got you know if if kane hasn't been there until this week he's the players are the players that's all he's got there's not much else he can do i'm sure he doesn't sit there watching sky sports news and reading all the articles he probably just gets on with it and you can see that by the way they've lined up with son playing through the middle as well so which he almost said in the press conference that's where he sees him playing anyway so and, yeah. and actually you know I had this conversation when you look at how nuna has played where they have played on the counter and stuff like that and that fast attacking sort of football when that when they do break you know when 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 Kane has been injured for Spurs and when we did do well in that Champions League run, but you know that's how we played and we were very successful at, at it. It is interesting when you think about this particular game. I mean, James, we had a question on the screen. Um, we're going to do City a bit later, but you're more willing to answer that. That's from uh, Sean Hurwell. Says Jason, do you think we can go to City and dominate? Really, they'll cut us to ribbons if we do that. I think I said that I don't want to see a Tottenham side play a team in the bottom three like Fulham, go 1-0 up and hold on to it. I don't think I would anything about Manchester City. Uh, but there is, you know, there is no reason why we have to sit and dread Manchester City because their players are undercooked, seriously undercooked. I mean, you know, we're talking about Kane, Bakari, uh, Bakaya Saka's only on the bench tonight. Stones hasn't kicked a ball. Walker hasn't kicked a ball. Gabriel Jesus hasn't kicked a ball. There's no Kevin De Bruyne. There's no Phil Foden. We sat back and never tried to lay a glove on them in the League Cup final. What happened? We did absolutely nothing and they beat us. So you might as well try and get on the front foot and give them problems. And we have done that in the past. We went to Manchester City a couple of years ago and scored three, didn't we, on a Champions League night? 
We did by playing yeah, we did. on the front foot. Yeah. We went on one under Pochettino there with with when Ericsson went through in the last minute by playing on the front foot. Yeah. I think Guardiola's very first game in English, first defeat in English football was mm. with the fantastic Sergio Aguero side. They came to Tottenham. We played on the front foot. We were 2 0 up in what 15 minutes and we won the game. So yeah. you can play on the front foot against Manchester City. You can mm. do it. You, yeah. if, if you're brave, you've got to take risks. But if you just sit back and let Manchester City dominate a game, it's going to be very difficult to do that. So I think Manchester City are undercooked and your chance is to have a go. Have a real go at them. Yeah. Uh, we've got another question in here. So, uh, well, we've got an interesting one there from Thomas Abraham. I don't know if we can print out, we can uh, say all of that. But Brentford, 1-0, let's do the same. Go for the throat. I think he's uh, gone for more than the throat on that comment there. But we'll, uh, we'll let the uh, YouTube viewers... Give that one a read. Uh, let's go to this one here. This is from Bob Spur TV, who says, Big up, lads. Does the higher press game we've played in the friendlies even suit Kane, or is he just too good a player not to have the team built around him? Okay. Should we go there? We'll, we'll go there now, just to, because I, I think with the Kane segment, it's got a case where this could derail any show, even 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 our season in general. So uh, we'll go there now and, and try and dissect where we are with, with the Harry Kane situation. So for those, obviously, have seen... Nuno Espirito's press conference today, I think it's fair to say that very non-committal in terms of Kane playing at the weekend. He says a decision will be made tomorrow. Vass, let's come to you on Harry Kane. Um, listen, we've heard what you've said at length. If you haven't heard it already on the Dr. Tottenham podcast, great pull out to say Vass has had his say on there already. But Vass, for those that haven't listened to that, on the Harry Kane saga, where are you? I'm... I'm disappointed is where I am right now uh, with the whole way this whole thing has been uh, has materialised. Now, there's no question that Harry Kane is a great player and I really wanted him to spend his time at Spurs and break Greaves' record because he was, he was on target for that. And in my mind, he'd have been a bigger legend doing that than just joining a team that's going to end up just winning another medal for the sake of a medal. Um He'll live on long in the memory of every Spurs fan if, if if he's stuck around. But this whole scenario of the last couple of weeks, very, very disappointing. The silence from him was kind of deafening originally. And then he issued that statement about four days after he should have supposedly turned up for training. Um he didn't say anything. The club didn't say anything. And it just gave the impression to all the Spurs fans that something's not right. And I think that's fueled a lot of emotions. And fans are quite rightly getting really tired with this with this whole saga. I think if he's going to go, then we need a proper bid from Manchester City. Because ultimately, at the time, at the moment, at this moment in time, um, Man City are just kind of toying with us in, in some respects. And I think if I was Harry Kane, I'd be a bit peeved with them because if they really want him, they should stump up the cash to buy him or they should just go away. Um, and it's been very unsettling, I think. So, yeah, I'm not happy with the situation. Obviously, I'd like him to stay. And with three years on his contract, Spurs are holding all the cards, really. Um, and there's no reason why we should sell him. But the longer we have this inactivity, then the worse it's going gonna, it's gonna to get. So we just need a resolution and we need it very quickly. Yeah, I mean, just just on that, Vass, my, my disappointment was that he chose to go on the Gary Neville programme 
yeah. and start the whole thing off. And that Unfor was unauthorized. We have to say by the club, unauthorized. No one knew who was, was doing before, that. No yeah, one knew that was coming before the season. Any, you know, we were still playing Leicester, and then I think the snips came out before we played Aston Villa, didn't they? And yeah, they that's got right. The, yeah. The, like the little trailer, and then between yeah. the and, 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 and there's, and there's no coincidence, Jason. You're yeah. going to say this as well. There's no coincidence. We were, we were absolutely abysmal, as was Kane on that day, and that definitely yeah. rocked the camp. Hundred percent. He, he volunteered camp. to do that TV program, and he he. You know, he would have probably been able to say to to Gary, no, I don't want that in there, or I can't talk about that. But the fact that he was quite openly talking about it, he valued himself when he said, well, if the chairman gets a hundred million, he might want to sell me. And you know, lo and behold, Manchester City bid a hundred million. You know, from from the Gary Neville thing onwards, that's that that to me is is when it you know should never have happened. That end. and I was really critical of Danny Rose a couple of years ago when he did his Sun article really really critical and I can't be hypocritical now and not criticise Kane for effectively doing the same thing it should be done in house it shouldn't be done on a TV or a media station away from the club it should never have come to that that stage the conversation should be in house and that's it but even in that interview Chase he was he was saying to Gary team, Neville didn't he? I want to play with De Bruyne well yeah but he also said there's a conversation to be had yeah. in the summer right so if all it was is a conversation, then have it with the chairman and move on. Exactly. Don't be staying in Florida um, where COVID is rife <laughs> and uh, delaying coming back to the UK and making out in the end that, um, you know, you were going to come back on that day all along. Uh, all the other England players had reported a week earlier. So there was nothing to say that Harry Kane had been allowed an extra week or anything like that and that just added fuel to the fire as has come to you i think i just want to make it a reference that obviously you do work alongside and you have connections with, with football agents so i have to ask you from an from an agent perspective watching this unfold from the start of the summer to where we are now are you not staggered when i say harry kane i think he's a father of three he's you know late 20s intelligent guy whenever he's spoken i thought you know what this guy speaks well the the brand of harry kane for me um, you look at him england captain tottenham hotspur vice captain he's a leader um whenever he's spoken i think he's spoken with conviction speaks with real pride i am stunned that we're recording here on the 13th of august and we've not had one statement from him when i say in person over video to just say where we're at, because if anything, and tell me what you think, Ads, that, that the statement that went out on his Twitter account, I think that even added more fuel to the fire. There was, yeah. For me, that didn't give us any clarity as Tottenham fans as to what he wants to do, which is obviously evidently clear he wants to move, but what's your take yeah, on it? I mean, I, I don't think, that, so, so, I mean, there are a couple of things. I think, I, I don't think you could ever expect him to come out and say, I want to go, because he's never going to do that, because the, it might not happen. Man City, as Vaza said, they might not. They, if he came out and did a video and goes, look, guys, you know, I love Spurs, but it's time to move on because I want to win stuff. And it doesn't happen. That will never happen. And, and you'll never be advised to do that. That will be a last chance saloon. The bit about the legend status, um, he, he's, he'll always be a legend. You know, Berbatov gets a massive reception now. Bale came back and he downed tools before he left. And Sheringham left and got booed and then came back and, every, and and so did Modric. So I don't I don't think he's always going to be a legend. I don't hold it against him for wanting to go and win. I I completely disagree 
um, because I I work with a couple of the guys at Man City. When people say, "Oh, it is a," you know, it, you know, the trophies don't really mean anything. It's not true. They do. They love it. They're not going to sit back at the end of their career and go, "Well, because we spent a lot of money, we won everything." They're going to sit back and say, "You know, we won." I've got one guy who's got three Premier League titles, four League Cups, and an FA Cup. He doesn't sit there and go, "Well." They paid a lot of money for that, so that he loves it, and he he, but, he thinks it's absolutely yeah. amazing. So I don't think you can knock him for that. I yeah. do. I think the whole way it's been handled has been awful. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think people have been very critical of Charlie, his brother, who's his agent. But actually, I think Kane needs to take a lot more of the blame. I think people are deflecting onto Charlie because Kane, as everybody said, is an intelligent guy, a family guy. He he he's the England captain. He's represents himself very well he'd have known all of this and i think there are ways in which you go about it what we don't know is we don't know what's happened and i know people have turned around and said well he's got a gentleman's agreement and all of these things uh, but that doesn't mean anything but you know i try to think about that from where i work now i've worked where i worked for seven and a half years and i've got an amazing relationship with my boss and if i wanted to leave and he said look adam give me a bit more time and it didn't work. And in six months, I said, look, I'm off. But he said, no, not in writing, get lost. You would feel angry, let down and hurt. Whether it's written down or not, we don't know the conversations that have had been had with Daniel Levy and Spurs over the past year. Daniel Levy might have said, give me one more year and I promise you can go. He might have said that. Whether that's in writing or not, if Harry Kane has been at Spurs since he's 11 and he entrusted Daniel Levy that he's worked with every day, and, and he's trusted him on that. It's trust. And, and, and everybody works in, in, in business where you trust people. You don't necessarily get everything written down. And that doesn't mean that you're not then angry and hurt and disappointed with that person when they turn around and say, no, you're not for sale now. Well, you can't go. You didn't write it down. Don't know what you're talking about. Everyone would be angry. Yeah. So, so I can see, I can see, and, and we, and, and that's the bit, we don't know what's going on. And I think there are ways in which you can do it. So the point about coming back late, we don't know. But obviously, if you're going to down tools, generally you down tools last when as a last resort. And it's almost yeah. like they've done things in a really wrong way. Yes, yeah. a contract is a contract is a contract. But football is football at the end of the day. Players sign contracts, players have values and they go and, tra- and clubs trade. So, you know, we, we bought we bought Romero. He was under contract with Atlanta. Gil was under contract with Seville. It's irrelevant. Players can have I, values and club sell. Can I can I just say when 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 fans talk about well you know he signed a six year contract and nobody forced him to do it and he should honour that contract that works one way but every single fan wants to dump Musa Sissoko and Harry Winks and they've got absolutely contracts. and so, well, and, and know, it goes for the clubs you as can't well. have it both ways so those no, supporters that no. came to see out his contract should not be trying to force Musa Sissoko and Harry yeah. Winks and Eric Dyer not to see yeah. out their contract. Yeah, well, That's it, hypocritical. Exactly. Uh, all a contract oh. does, all a sorry, Vaz, all a long no, contract does is it protects the club to be able to get a transfer fee that they want and it gives yeah. them the control. And Daniel Levy has been very good at that over the years to ensure ever since the Sol Campbell saga that, that we, we're not in those situations where we're not getting value for, for money. See, Adam's mentioned the word transfer fee and value a few times. And at the heart of this is value. Yeah. Spurs are quite right 
Sports well within their rights to expect to sell Harry Kane for market value if indeed they are going to sell him, despite the fact that they've repeatedly said he's not for sale. If they are going to sell him, then we want to sell him at market value. Now, somewhere in the background, this figure of 100 million has come up. Harry Kane mentioned it in an interview with Gary yeah, Neville. That, that's the first time it was mentioned, wasn't it? That was yeah. the first time this 100 million figure's been batted around. Yeah. Exactly. And even then, Gary Neville said to him, oh, I think Daniel Levy would be wanting closer to 200, he said to him in that interview. But nevertheless, Harry Kane mentioned that 100 million figure. And then it's been constantly reported in, during uh, this summer period in the media that Man City are, are offering or will offer 100 million. And to date, I'm not even sure that Manchester City have made an official bid for Harry Kane. And all that seems to be happening is that there's tidbits being passed to certain people in the media. There's a game of Chinese whispers going on. It's fueling the fire and nothing has actually happened. If, and as I said earlier, if Manchester United, sorry, Manchester City want to purchase Harry Kane, they should make an offer to the club and then we'll either accept it or reject it and have done with it. I, I, am, I am, I am slightly sceptical of that. Um, yeah. I, sorry, 100% agree with you, Baz, but the way we're apparently bidding for some of these players for 70, 80 million, these strikers, it, it makes me wonder whether there are negotiations going on behind the scenes that we don't know about and Spurs are just trying to get their ducks in order first before letting him go. You know, where, you know, all of... Where, that's a possibility, yeah. That's a yeah. possibility, yeah. I, I think wanna... as well, you know, as I've said all along, to me... The deal was never going to be agreed before this season kicked off. There is no way that Tottenham wanted Harry Kane's debut to be at White Hart Lane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mate. talk about ram it down your throat, you know, with <clears> the whole, he left because you blah, blah, yeah. blah. That, that, mm. oh, is there away fans there, Sunday? Perhaps we won't yeah, have to suffer that. I want to ask you a question, James, because Ad's mentioned that for him, and I want to discuss, discuss this. Adam's mentioned, though, for you that your support isn't going to change towards him. It's, it will still be exactly the same. Am I right in saying that adds for you? Regardless of whatever happens, your support yeah. won't change for the moment. I, I, so, I, don't, I don't begrudge him wanting to leave. No, I don't begrudge him. The thing for me is, I don't begrudge him wanting to leave. I no, do the way, begrudge, yeah, the, yeah. The I, way yeah, the way about we, it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree to that, yeah. but I think in yeah. five, but, ten years' time, yeah. no one's going to look at that. What I do disagree on slightly, adds, everything you've said, I, I, I agree with, but the only thing I would disagree on slightly is that at Tottenham, he had the chance, and he's oh, listen. He still has that chance. He hasn't gone anywhere yet. He has the chance for me to be that one. Well, I say well, I know he's obviously gone on low, but the, the one club man essentially that has come through the ranks, that has fought adversity, that we've all defended. You know, amongst crazy decisions that we've defended Kane over his fans. When you think we've defended the guy over, you know, I, I have to that's say a fa- that's a fan's view. It is a fan. You're, you're right. I, I, that it is a fan's, a fan's view. view. He yeah. will turn around, and a footballer yeah. will turn around and go, "I'm in a business." If yep, Levy no, wanted fair. to sell me tomorrow, he'd sell yep. me and I'd be mm. nobody. Yep. I've given Spurs mm. however long. This is yep. my life and my career and I want mm. to win the biggest trophies. He's the best number nine in the world. Mm. He my, should my, be play, yeah. playing my, my, and winning. My frustration is that he's actually had the chance to win the biggest trophies with Tottenham. He's yeah. had the chance to win the FA Cup. He's had the chance to win the League Cup, the Premier League, the Champions League. And no offence to him, even on the World Cup and the Euro stage, when he's been put in the spotlight on every one of those stages, for whatever reason, be it not fit, carrying an injury, he hasn't turned up. So, yes, I totally agree and I understand with Harry Kane why he wants to move this summer. 
I want to go, but I'm not allowed. I've got to be a Spurs fan. We've got to carry, we've got to carry on supporting them. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that for me, Jace, coming over to you, is that he had the chance to be, you know, actually glorified if he was to remain at Tottenham. He's so close now to beating Jimmy Green's record to become Tottenham's overall top goal scorer ever. I've got no doubt that he would have had a statue named after him, maybe even a stand named after him. And he's risking all this. And I, I understand that he wants to win trophies. I get that. But winning it with City, where Ad says it still means the same, I'm not quite sure. What do you think? Uh, that, that's up to him, isn't it? I, I can understand why he'd, he'd sooner look back and say, I've won three Premier League titles than be Tottenham Hotspur's record goal scorer. You know, I, I, I can understand that. We've, we had it with Carl Walker, didn't we? Where, where he wanted to go. We, you know, Gareth Bale wanted to yeah, go. Yeah, but no, offense to Carl Walker. Carl Walker, wasn't, Carl Walker wasn't second no, or third well, or fourth on the list of being no, top, no, okay, overall but, top scorer ever. No, but Gareth Bale was 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 uh, Football of the Year and Football Writers Player of the Year, was a world-class superstar. He wanted to go and prove himself with Real Madrid. And, you know, he's, he's ended up winning, what is it, three Champions Leagues and 13 titles there. And he could be sitting there saying, yeah, but I could have been a, a legend at Tottenham or I've won 13 titles and I'm the most decorated foreign player. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I can understand if I take the Tottenham the Tottenham focus off 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 for a second, I can understand why he wants to go and win three Premier. You know, we, we talked about Stephen Gerrard and John Terry being one club man, but they were winning titles at that club. You know, Stephen Gerrard was a European, right? He didn't win the league, but he won a European Cup. He won an FA Cup. You know, the only one who could possibly relate to Harry Kane is, is probably his Mark Noble. And, and let's be fair, nobody would want him. I, I don't even think whole city have been a million for him. <laughs> and I, and I, can, I, can I jump in? Because that, that, that point just goes back to what you said, Ricky. We, we had mm. the chance to win stuff and we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And we've significantly regressed since then so people talk about the six-year deal at the time of signing it we were champions league potuccino going into the new stadium everything was looking fantastic and it was a great new dawn that was coming Mm. and now look where we are so he's probably thought well that's been and gone and how long is it going to be to get back there well by that time he could be 30 31 I think the other or thing. Or 45. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. At the earliest, I'm being very at, optimistic. Yeah, but at, at the moment, at the moment, you could be hitting 60 the way it's going. I'm not too <laughs> yeah. sure, to be honest with you. Not with his angle. The other thing that plays on my mind, Rick, anyway, is whatever happens mm. this summer, yeah. when he gets down to two years on his contract to go, you know, we may well be wanting him to leave next year if he doesn't show any signs of saying, OK, I'll sign, if he doesn't show the signs yeah. of committing to a new one. We'll be mm. sitting there thinking, well, Harry, we'd sooner sell you than not. And yeah. then no one will be saying he should honour his six-year contract when we're the ones trying to get the money for him. So, yeah. you know, whether he goes this year or next, I think we can see what's probably the, the end game is. Mm. And, and we just have to do that. And from his point of view, he's looking at it thinking, if I don't go this year, Haaland mm. goes for £66 million next year. And Kylian yep. Mbappe is currently available on a free transfer next year. That's so on flavour yeah. of the month now... But yeah. in 12 months, when, when Haaland and Bappe or me are flavouring a month, it's not so sure that they'll all want to come for me. Yeah, I think Harry Kane knows that he, he has to go this season if he's going to work out for him. Because like is that, for, is that for both parties, Vass? Out of interest for you, is, it, is, that, is that accommodating for both? Is that for Tottenham as well? If they're going to sell him, does it have to be this summer as well for them in terms of getting that market value? Which I know in your what you do in your personal life, that's something that's, it's a big thing that in terms of what Spurs are going to get for him as a fee. Possibly, possibly because it's supply and demand, isn't it? If if next summer you've got 
Haaland, Mbappe and Kane on the market, it might deflate his value. But at the end of the day, if you let him, if you keep him for another season and then he does go for 100 million next season, as opposed to maybe, I don't know, 140 this season, um, you could probably live with it if he's helped you get back into the Champions League. So, yeah, his value will drop and maybe it is an optimum value this summer. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to say, there's a backstory to all of this. And whilst I've been quite supportive of Daniel Levy in respect of a lot of things that he's done for the club, mm. uh, he has made some bad mistakes along the way. Uh, no question about that. And I think this whole Kane situation has to have has to fall on Daniel Levy's shoulders because not building when we had the opportunity on the playing side uh, under Pochettino and then ultimately sacking a man who had the club at heart, unified the fan base, uh, had a project in mind, had a philosophy, sacking that guy and then opting for a quick fix with Jose Mourinho, who was probably well past his sell-by date anyway at that time, just regressed us even further, to Adam, to use Adam's phrase of, of us regressing. And, you know, maybe we wouldn't be at this, this crossroads right now with Harry Kane had we managed things a little bit better as a club uh, in the past two or three seasons. Absolutely. But there you go. We are where we are, I guess. I think Guys, the, just, the, the, just want to say, I think the mm. one thing, Vass, the, and I'm not defending that, and I'm certainly not defending what he did. I think his point would be that on the back of that Champions League final, when Pochettino talked new furniture and we got to back the manager, we went out and spent £65 million and nobody, but nobody, wasn't excited when we signed Tongi and Dombele. Yep. Yes, it was Bruno Fernandes or, or Gio Lo Celso. Poch, being an Argentinian, seemed to prefer... Lo Celso over Fernandez, so we got Lo Celso. We signed the most talented British young player that was imaginable at that stage that, again, every club was linked with. So the he, issue, can I tell his, the point, issue. his point would probably be that window, I did actually go out and spend £140 million and bring in the players that everyone wanted. It's just that those three between them have been, a so far, have been a, an absolute disaster to us. I but, think but there's the reasons issue, for the that, to be fair. But yeah, I, I yeah. think ultimately as well, sorry, Adam, I, uh, to cut you off. I think ultimately as well, I think what cost us and what proved to cost us subsequently were the transfer windows prior to that. But Yeah, yeah sorry, the, the no transfer and, window yeah. when we should have yeah. had Grealish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was, it, was too, it was too little too late. And I think, you know, the, the window that you're talking about on paper, it looked like a good window. But actually, when you look at it, we were linked with, we were linked and we knew that we were getting Lo Celso and Cessignon all summer. They both came on deadline day. So again, they both came injured. They came too late. They had no pre-season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everybody knew that they were coming to Spurs. They were done deals. Yeah. And that, and again, so when we're talking about the problem with the chairman, that is one of the problems. You know, Liverpool always do their business early. Man you under Fergie always did it early. So, yes, had those three signings come in early-ish enough to have a problem, it might have been different. But yeah, the problems, but I agree. But the problems are the, the two, three transfer windows before that where we did nothing. But anyway, but I think Ricky wants to move on. Seasons. 
But we are going to go. We are going to go to him next. Before we do, just to summarise on Harry Kane very quickly, guys, just give us a, a, a sentence answer on this. Uh, we'll go first to you, Jace. Will Harry Kane be a Spurs player come the end of the summer transfer window? I think City will come back with around about 140. And I think if they get to 140, we might crumble. Because I think his desire to want to go away. I know Lee McQueen, uh, unless we've talked about new deals and that in the offering. Hmm. I just think that it's so quiet from the Kane camp. Really yeah. quiet. I just get that horrid feeling that once this fixture's out of the way, I think they'll come back with 120 plus add-ons and we'll reject it. I think on the last couple of days of the window, they will end up coming with 140, having got rid of Bernardo Silva or whatever by then. And then we've got a real question to answer. And I think if they come back at 140, genuine cash at 140, we will give way. Let's come around to you then, that's next, just to summarise that. Harry Kane for you. Will Harry Kane be a Spurs player, Vass? Come the end of August, <laughs> beginning of September? Million dollar question, isn't it, Rick? Oh, uh, it is, yeah. I, I have to agree with Jace, I think. I think this is going to rumble on. And it, as he quite rightly says, it's just too quiet. And there's not enough noise coming from the club or mm. Harry Kane yeah. that to, to signify that, you know, he'll be here next season. Um, so for, for that reason, I think he'll probably be gone. As will you be chanting his name, still singing his name in September? Will he be here? No, I think he's gone. I think I, I agree with what they both say. And I think Spurs put out that video clip today, didn't they? That photo shoot of the shirts. And I think all of those things are telling. He's not on anything. Mm. Yeah. He's not anywhere. There's not mm. been a picture of him. No. At no. all. And yeah. I think that is when you just think, just says it, doesn't it? And I think, I think it will happen late. I think we'll probably sign a couple of players this week, who will be the, the, the replacements in the same way we did with Bale. Hopefully, no, 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 had the chance to say to just simply say not for sale. And we didn't say that, no, we didn't say, it. yeah. Well, listen, guys, uh, we're gonna go next to Jason's favorite player. Um, for our listeners that are on audio, we are gonna go for a very short break, and when we return. It's the Tungy and Dombele show. Jason's favourite player, the Maradona of Tottenham. We're going to go there next. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark train and retain them phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey so the ndombele i've got a load of questions on ndombele um i've got a question here Taxi. Richie's... Taxi. <laughs> richie smith says thoughts on the ndombele situation does he suit what nuno is looking for in the midfield free or is he currently behind the celso ali and even skipping the pecking order my god um do you know what i'm gonna start on ndombele and this might surprise jason because um i think jace we've had so many uh backwards and forwards of ndombele and i've got to be honest and say that this summer for me is just it's just tipped it too far. I've got to be honest, I've always supported him. I've always thought there's a player in there that is just magical when you can get him on the pitch for 90 minutes. But the problem we've had over the last two or three seasons, and Jason, you know this because you've reminded me every single week, is that we haven't got him on the pitch for 90 minutes. 
on, on a more often basis. And that is the biggest problem because his talent is incredible. And I think the issue that Spurs are as a club right now is that we cannot afford to carry this kind of player in this season. So, I mean, we'll come first to you, Ads, because, again, from reports we're seeing that he's weighing up his options um, from Nuno's press conference. Again, it seems to indicate that I'd be very doubtful if he's going to be involved because, yeah, you know, I say he's not had a minute of pre-season. From what we understand, he's disappointed that Sissoko Honoria would be going. But I'm not being funny. He didn't take a genius to work out that they'd be leaving soon anyway. So I can't believe it's news to him that suddenly these two guys, his friends, yeah. might be going. So where are you, Adson, on Dombele? Is his time um, the club come towards an end? I mean, I, 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 you know, I look, I look at, you know, you know he, he reminds me, I was thinking about it, he reminds me, I played Sunday morning football at a very, very average level, rubbish level. But you used to train with some guys that were the best players you've ever seen. There was this one guy, he was the most unbelievable five-a-side player. When you put him on 11 aside. He was awful. And Ndombele and Dom, and Dom reminds me of that. He's the most skillful, talented player, but yeah. he, he doesn't have the stamina. I, I asked somebody, I don't, and I don't know whether you've discussed this because Jason was saying, I don't, he, I don't know if he's actually played 90 minutes in the league for Spurs. I can't, I don't actually I, know. I, if yeah, he's, I can't confirm he, he has played 90 minutes. I mean, yeah. Jason but was out of push, but he has played 90 minutes. Yeah. Look, it, it, we're, if, in two years. Yeah. How many? 13 times in two yeah. years that he's yeah, look, got through 90 minutes. There's there's clearly something there. And, you know, I was someone told me that he was 10 days late for training, the, you know, this summer as well, whereas Kane's getting all the stick, but apparently Ndombele was 10 days late as well. But you could see, I mean, Spurs posted something, let's put some Ndombele action out, and you sort of jogging out, and he looked like he was struggling to, to jog out then as well. I mean, he's, his fitness, and, and I don't quite know what it is with him, but the reality is... You know, if you look at all the games where where we were doing well in the first half and starting well and playing quite well, he was there. When you need a player to dig in and fight and scrap, um, I don't think he's he's that man. I think he, he's had long enough. I think if we keep him for another season, and, and the same thing happens, you know, he's I don't know how long he signed five years, six years. His stock will be so low. I yeah. think we should cash in on him and replace him. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't start him anyway in my starting eleven. Let's come to you, Vass. What's your take on Dombele? I mean, I, I, listen, I, I hear you every week. So for the listeners, I don't hear you every week. Um, <laughs> your, your thoughts on Dombele? What do you think is going to happen with him? Yeah, he's a bit. He's an enigma, isn't he? Um, certainly, natural ability by the bucket load. I mean, the stuff that he can do with the football. It it's, can be breathtaking. His issues, I think, are in his head, if I'm totally honest. Um, he's For a professional footballer to not be at optimum peak fitness often enough is not good enough, really. The only thing I'd say on the flip side in defence of uh, Ndombele is, I think before we bought him, he'd had pretty much one good season with Leon, hadn't he? Uh, maybe a season and a half. Prior to that, he was playing like fourth division football in France. I think he's come to the game later than most, to the to the top level. And I don't think he's ever really kind of caught up from a mental point of view and a, and a conditioning point of view. Now, Pochettino wanted him. He got him. I think at the time, we were all very excited with the signing. There was very few Spurs fans that weren't excited by it, I would say. Um, but 
Poch saw that he needed conditioning, but sadly yeah. Poch wasn't here long enough to do maybe what he wanted to do with the guy. And then Mourinho comes in, yeah. and I think a lot of players, not just in Dombele, sort of had peaks and troughs under Mourinho because one minute they were in, next minute they were out, and it didn't really go well for Ndombele because I don't think that kind of approach would would um, do it for him, let's say. I'm a little bit hopeful that with Nuno in and going back to double training sessions, etc., maybe he can get him into the conditioning that's needed for Ndombele to prosper. But, of course, we come back to the, the, the thing about the issues being in his head, you know, missing his mates, if Sissoko and Aurier do go, this kind of thing. Um, he's got to take on the responsibility himself. And he has, as a professional footballer, got to be ready to play. Um, somebody, I mean, I, I follow the NFL. One of the sayings that they have there is, you know, the best kind of ability is availability, right? You've got to be available for your team. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, can I just jump? I mean, you've yeah, made a couple of, of like really good points there, and I think, you know, if you if you you know a few weeks ago everyone was laughing at pictures of Willian on the pitch at Arsenal, um, and saying how embarrassing that was, and it's you know it's almost similar. I I, I know a player this summer, um, in in the England squad, he took his physician away with him on holiday to make sure he was in peak condition for when he returned. And he has a physician and a nutritionist because he kept on getting injured and he wanted to improve himself. And Dombele wasn't at the Euros. No. He could have got himself into incredible condition yeah, or, stay, or stayed fit in preparation for pre-season and yeah. done extra work. And that's what the top, top players, frankly, do. The very top players, they do that. They have their own nutritionists, physicians and so on to help them. And I think that is his problem. Double yeah, he's, sessions. he's not of that mindset, is he? That's, that's that's I think that's the point I was making. I don't think he's got no. that that kind of um, approach to professional football for some reason. Whether it was because he was late to the to the top level or whatever it is, or maybe he's just too laid back for his own good. I but you're France, absolutely right. He should have been doing that. I agree with you, Adam. Yeah. I think the France thing is is really important as well because lots of people say, "Oh, he struggled at Tottenham, and we we don't play him here, and, and Mourinho didn't do this." But you know. People forget there's a fourth manager in this. France don't pick him. We've just had a Euros where we had a 26-man squad and France don't consider him amongst the best 26 French footballers, but they do still take Moussa Sissoko. And that, that to me, <laughs> says everything. France, France can't... Yeah, even though I need to have a word with that guy, I'll be honest with you. I've got a no, question. France can't. <laughs> and, you know, my frustration with, with Ndombele is we're not even discussing what he brings to the team when he's on the pitch. We're talking about him getting onto the pitch. Yeah, and staying, <laughs> and, and staying <laughs> on for a whole match. We're not saying, well, I want to sell him because he's he's not giving me everything when we play Chelsea. We're saying he can't be bothered to turn up when we play Chelsea. Mm. This this is the problem with the player. And, yeah. you know, Gio Lo Celso has hardly played 90 minutes for Tottenham. But with Lo Celso, we've seen him suffer injury, genuine injuries. I can't think in the two years of Ndombele, we've really had an injury either. That's that's the thing. It's, we haven't had a broken fitness. leg. Yeah, we haven't had knee yeah. ligaments. We haven't had a ripped hamstring. We haven't had no. a broken ankle. We've had no real injury. We've had a calf strain and an abductor strain, but no real genuine injury 
that would mm. see him miss huge chunks of the season and need protecting when he comes back into the team to come on for 20 minutes and 30 minutes or do the start in a car. Nothing like that. We just can't get the bloke physically right in the head or with mm. the heart to get mm. on the pitch yeah. and give us 90 minutes. That's it. I think some, somebody, somebody just put in a little thing at the bottom that said, you know, yeah. don't play him in a six or eight, he's a 10. And I think... I think the thing with Ndombele is if you assume that you could get him fit, I think you'd almost have to yep. sit sit down and work out your team completely around him and plonk him in the middle and say, where do we want to play him? He's definitely not a six. I, I don't think he's a 10 either, to be honest with you. I don't. No. I, I think he's somewhere, he, he, he's somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. Um, I think, um, now that we're talking formation, I think if we play a 4-3-3 under Nuno, that might actually suit him. You know, we've always played with a two before. Oh, I, yeah, think I, the, I think Delhi's the missing guy. I, I know I'm throwing his name into it. We'll come on to Delhi later, but I think Delhi's maybe the missing guy when you look at that formation. I think Ndombele, like you just said there, Vass, I think he's perfectly suited to Nuno's formation. I think the issue we've got, and it's one that we all know, is that it's the fitness. And it's whether we can afford to carry this kind of player in the season that we've got to come. And whether Nuno can as well. I mean, his comments today, I mean, we'll get your thoughts on these ads. Uh, he said, it's about us to decide the right moment to use the players we have available. And when we decide, we consider many aspects, not only what we want, but what we think the players we should do. Like many players in our squad, it's not easy to adapt to a new idea, a new philosophy, philosophy but we keep on insisting and believing that this is the right way and the right moment will come when we believe when it should be. Well, he's not playing a minute of pre-season football under him. Well, and yeah. there you go. He talks about it, it's the ad the adaptation to a new mm. philosophy, which suggests yeah. to me they're saying to him, "I want you to do this," and he's just not doing it. He's just showing no signs of doing it. I think it's more than fitness as well. I think it's mentality as well mm. as is, is what I said. Yeah. You know, if you think about the games that we were losing in the second half, where we were sort of crumbling a little bit, he, he wasn't. You remember, like Dembele, the old Dembele, the real one. He would get. He, he, he would what, get. It's not a counterfeit. It's not a counterfeit. This one. He he. He's in a minute. The real one. He 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 would get the ball and carry it. You you were you know when you want a player to dig in late in a game and get you out of trouble and carry the ball and do he would never do that. He would just disappear, disappear, and then get subbed off. So I it, I think it's fitness and also that real desire. And I think and then I think they're the things that that Nuno is alluding to. You know the fitness, the running. All, all of those types of things and sacrificing yourself. All the things that Potticino used to talk about as well. Similar type of talk. Yeah, I mean, out, out of interest, where, where we stand at the moment, let's come to you, Jace. Will, will he be a Spurs player come the end of the summer transfer? Or do you think we will get a, a, a big bid that comes in for him? I'm, I'm trying to but I'm saying that. I'm thinking, who's going to come in with this big bid for him? Well, you know, the what he brought him for. The only club that's ever been linked to that you, you would have thought were capable of playing a big fee is Barcelona, and I don't even think they can afford Tottenham's bus driver. So, uh, <laughs> so you got a big problem there, haven't you? I mean, they, they couldn't buy a lawnmower from us, let alone a player. So I, I don't see any way that Ndombele will be sold because no one is going to give him 200 grand a week, and I don't yeah. think anyone's going to bid 40, even 40, 35, 40 million for him. So I think we will be, he will be a Tottenham mm. player, and that's the problem. We then have a player. That is, it should be. He really should be the key player in the team. He is so much the player, I on profile that we should be building the team around and and getting dominant performances from. And yet he'll be a player that will be on the peripheral season 
we'll, we'll have his YouTube moment where he does a pirouette against Brighton or something like that, and everyone will call him Ndombola. But actually, when it comes to the end of the season, you'll think he was missing for 30 of the 38 games. Adds a question on the screen there. For, it's more a statement, really, from Terry Wright. He says, hopefully, fatherhood will improve his immaturity and desire to improve as a professional footballer and fulfil his unbelievable potential. Hopefully. Hopefully. What, what do you yeah, think, let, I, I think one of the problems that, you know, we've all had being parents, I assume, I know Vaz is, I don't know Jason, if you are, I know Ricky, yours is only a little one, is when your children start growing up, you start eating their leftover food and it's not good for your diet and, <laughs> and physical ability. So, um, so I'm not quite sure that that's, uh, that that's going to be, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I, I, I don't know because you're sitting there and you're thinking this is the fourth manager now. And, you know, whatever you think of Mourinho or not, Mourinho's managed and won everything there is to win. He knows what it takes and he's, he's gone at him in a particular way. And he probably got the most out of him out of everybody has, but nobody has got anything out of him, really. And I, I, I'm not quite sure unless it, it unless it, it's got to come from within. But things like I think Gary Neville spoke about it once. Talent only gets you so far in football, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. There's much, yeah. much more to it than that. And I just maybe just don't think he has that real top level mentality and mm. desire. It's a it's a real shame because I mean, Jace, we've had so many barnes on this with Ndombele going backwards and forwards. Where I, I've said, you know, back him, he's going to be a baller, and I think the problem is that he will be a baller. He won't be here. I think he will go on to another league and he will tear it up. I just think it won't be over here. It definitely won't be in England. I mean, that's final vote for you with with Ndombele. What do you see happening? Do you think someone will come in with a bid and he'll leave during this window, or do you think we will get him back into the squad, reintegrate him, and he can have another decent season? Because you know what, I mean. Up until the point where, obviously, Mason came in charge, he was a regular feature under Mourinho's team. He, he worked his way in. I think it's fair to say that I think he would have been well on his way to probably a lot of people saying he would have been our player of the season. I think a lot of many people would have said that. You know, a great goal against Sheffield. You don't think, Jason? And Dombele, when he was playing every week, no? Last season? Uh, no, nowhere near no. it. Not nowhere last season? No. I don't think I think, I think, I think, I think, I, I think there was a there was a good spell. There was a good spell, about five or six game spell that was really good. Uh, yeah, there was. If you go back and look at it, there was. There was. I think he will be with us for the reasons that Jason stated, and that is um the, the lack of purchases. Really, he's only going to go back to France if anyone wants him in France. Uh, someone's just put up Nicky Wallace. He averaged at Leon 79 minutes per game and 69 minutes the previous season. See, sometimes there are players that are like that. I remember back in the day, I'm going back a little bit, where players like Mickey Hazard would come on and, and do all the running for about 70 minutes and burn himself out and then he'd be gone and somebody else would, would come on. And, and you know, So these kind of things do happen. Uh, there's other players too, but Mickey was the first one that came into my mind. Um, I think Ndombele will be with us. And I think Nuno will prep him and get him ready. I don't think we're going to see him maybe for the first couple of months too much, maybe in and out, just getting him some game time. But then hopefully he'll get him up to speed and probably come end of October or whatever, then we'll we'll really see him uh, start to play a role. Let's hope so anyway. Will he be the man in that to unlock him, do you think? Oh, you know, because at one point now, Mourinho, I thought this isn't going to work. But I mean, in a real bizarre way, whatever he did to him, you know, for those, I mean, like you boys have managed had five or six games in, not over a season. Um, we, we saw we saw something about him for those for those games. Can you see 
versus Nuno having that impact with him? I think I can more so than than Jose ever did. I mean, to, to sort of quote Jason, um, you know, when we were defending deep. <laughs> 2 nil <hell>? Brentford. 2-0. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Um, can we can we finish right now? We're not even going to play a game. Can we just end it right now? Go let's go down. straight to go let's go let's go, let's go, go straight down. to the end of season party. We've just finished. Jason Zappi. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot what I was saying. Anyway, where's that league table? Get it up quick. <laughs> Vas, so you think oh, we're going back to Andobla? You said just to finish up on Andobla, you think Nuno will integrate him? We will see a player now. The question I was going to ask you, that like I said, is um, whether you feel he's going to unlock him, at, uh, unlock him oh, to be the yeah. player that everyone wants him to be. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I think under under Jose, it was difficult at times. We were playing so deep that we didn't really have a plan to create from defence into attack. It just seemed a little bit haphazard. I know we got some goals. Uh, Harry Kane and Son had a fantastic season, but everything behind them was a bit of a mishmash. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, Nuno can provide the structure that Ndombele needs to succeed. So that's what I'm hoping for. OK, well, listen, we're going to go uh, for our listeners on audio. We're going to go for our final break of the show. Taking into this break, we've got a Man City preview. And then I say we're going to be discussing Man City. Hello, last word on Spurs. This is David here from the Blue Moon podcast. Um, just to preview the opening Premier League game of the season. Um I honestly don't know what to expect from City from this game. Um, there's 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 so much that that could change between even now and and kick off, um, let alone where they are in 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 kind of pre season and how they're setting up. The truth is they haven't been able to um, they haven't been able to test anything and and try anything in pre season. Certainly not with with first team players. Uh, because the vast majority of them were involved in international duty in either the Euros or you know in uh, in South America, and it's meant that that pretty much most of the squad wasn't available for most of the preseason games. So the lineup that we saw against Leicester in the Community Shield was was pretty rotated. Um, I, I would expect when the season has got going properly and, and City squad is up to full strength that there wouldn't be that many faces from that team that are that are certainly regulars in, in in City's side. Even to the point of Fernandinho, for instance, who is now I think he's what thirty six this season. Um, he's he's not going to be somebody who City rely on week in week out anymore, unfortunately. So it's it's really hard to call. Um, they they have got a good team available to them. Um, whether that team is capable of going for for ninety minutes and and, and going full tilt, I don't know. Um, there's other question marks over uh, player availability because, uh, for instance, Emery uh, Laporte has been isolating recently. Um, Phil Foden's obviously injured. Uh, De Bruyne came back with an injury, but they're not sure about uh, how fit he'll be. Um, and obviously, he he hasn't had any preseason either. Um, so it's very much a case of of kind of make do with what you got, and and, and maybe one or two youngsters might even get in. There's the the, the likes of uh, Sam Adozi who played in the Community Shield did all right. Uh, Cole Palmer did did all right as well. Um, I'd be surprised if we saw someone like Ben Knight who uh, came on towards the end of that game. Um, and then obviously is the setup. Well, as it stands, um, Gabriel Jesus is the only centre forward at the club. Now, you don't need me to tell you that City are, 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 are chasing Harry Kane this summer. Um, I'm sure it's been a talking point of yours for, for quite some time now. Um, 
but you know, there's there's one or two ways this can go. Either they get Kane in this summer transfer window, then they're, they're probably not going to do a deal the two clubs before Sunday. And even if they do, I don't think Kane would be available for City if he if he transferred. Um, he might be available for Spurs. I saw Nuno was talking about um, whether where whether he would be picked or not based on on um, training in the build up to it. So as it stands, going into this game, City only have Jesus as the centre forward. He hasn't exactly set the world alight when he's been uh, City's sole centre forward. He's looked better when he's been playing from the wing. So there's a very, very strong chance that Guardiola could go with a, a false nine set up again like he did for most of last season. Um, it just depends on, on the player's fitness and the, depends on, um, on on who he's got available to him that isn't isolating or injured. So it's really, really hard to to say what to expect from City. Um, whatever happens, they'll have a good team, um, and whatever happens, they'll they'll have a good shout at, at winning the game as they do in in most games these days. Um, it just it, it just again depends on on fitness and availability, and I, I guess also the team that Spurs can put out. If you want a score prediction, um, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling for this game. I think. I think both teams might settle with where they're at in pre-season, might settle for the draw. Um, I'm going to say 1-1. Right, guys, Man City, the big one. Like I say, we've uh, discussed Kane, we've done Ndombele. It's time to dig a little bit deeper into what our feelings are ahead of this game at the weekend. Huge game. You know, um, champions, of course. Now, City, we understand they're going to be remaining without the likes of De Bruyne, uh, Foden. Um, Obviously, you know, that that community shield last week, guys, I don't know what you thought. I, I watched it again. I know you can't pay too much attention to those kind of games where it's still players getting into the feel of things. But Ads, I think they looked really lost without a focal number nine. Dare I say, they looked like they needed someone like Harry Kane. But do you go into Sunday season a real opportunity here to play a depleted City side where at Spurs, although we look obviously as a whole, maybe we're quite depleted as well. We've we got an opportunity here. Am I getting carried away? No, no, I, I, I think, you know, I think Nuno got asked it in the press conference. I think he's never going to admit, yes, it's a great time to be playing them because they don't have three or four of their best players because then if if you lose to them, it's embarrassing. But I think, you know, last season they started the season poorly, City, and then they got on a run. I think if you had the choice to play them without Stones, De Bruyne, Jesus, Foden, etc., you would bite your hand off. But they have so many good players I do think, you know, if, if Jesus isn't out and I don't know if Sterling's back or not, then, you know, they don't have that focal point. Um, but I think we're also quite an unknown quantity. Nobody really knows what you're going to get with us. Are we going to end up seeing the same Spurs as we saw at the back end of last season? Or is it going to be a little bit different? But I think if you're saying, I'd rather play them this weekend now based on where they are than when they're in free flow where they're, Smashing everybody! If you gave me the chance, now's a good time to play them. Um, given all and, of and that. that, and that's despite with the with the hurricane situation we find ourselves in, you still still the best time to be playing them. Well, we've we've played all pre-season without Kane, so it's not mm. like Kane's been there and then he's not there. We've clearly been playing and working away in all of these games, um, you know, without Kane. Um, <sighs> Someone said we're going to be playing without Kane and Romero. I've got a feeling he might chuck Romero in tomorrow, personally. I don't know. I could be wrong there. Haven't we beaten them twice in the new stadium without Kane? We have. Yeah, I mean, if you look back back over the years, for for a lot of time, we've always beaten Man City in big games. It's quite strange. I remember you can go back like 81, 
Yeah. Lo- loads of times in FA Cups, but, loads of big games, we've, we've done very, very well against them. Well, um, our head-to-head in the, in the league with them, the head-to-head in the Premier League is we've uh, yeah, what, we won 25 times, drawn seven, City won 16. It's, it's not bad when you think yeah. about City where they're at. I mean, yeah, it's quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, uh, Vass has come over to you. Listen, it's going to be uh, first game of the season. You know, fans are back in that stadium, which is great, number one. Number two, um, I do get that feeling that there is that new manager bounce feeling under Nuno. There's a lot of positivity going around the camp. And yes, of course, he wasn't the first choice. Yes, we haven't got all the players that we want yet. We know that. But for you, Vass, is there a, a, a small bit of optimism going in the game here that we've got an opportunity from what you've seen in pre-season and around the camp so far? Yeah, I think if we were basing our approach on the pre-season games uh, early doors, then there's not too much you can take from beating Colchester and, and those types of teams. But I think the, the results against Chelsea and Arsenal will give us a bit of a lift and we'll go into the game with some confidence. Uh, I agree with that, Adam. It seems as though playing them on this weekend might be a massive opportunity for us and maybe it is the best time to play them. But they do have a deep squad, let's not forget. So, you know, it's 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 easy to get ahead of yourselves knowing that, you know, De Bruyne's out, Foden's out, Stones is out, etc. Um, I think we'll definitely give them a game. It's at home, as you said, Rick. We've got the 60,000 people back in the stadium. And that will be a deciding factor in, in, in some respects. Um, defensively, we're still not settled. Although Dyer and Sanchez, I think they had a good game against uh, Arsenal in the friendly uh, mind you, given the score so far, Jace, it couldn't have been that much of a, <laughs> a good thing. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've got some optimism uh, to, to answer your question directly, Ricky. I do have some optimism for Sunday. Yeah. Jace, um, it's been a while, I think, Jace. You, you've now actually looked forward to a season because of, obviously, the last couple of seasons that we've had <laughs> under, under Marino. So, Jace, are you looking forward to it? I am. I am. Uh, perhaps more so once that window's shut and we know what our squad is. I don't yeah. just mean Kane. We know. Yeah, generally, yeah. I mean, you know, I haven't seen a single link with Serge Aurier leaving, but we know that we, we keep, all keep saying we need a new right back. But there's, there's no sign of, of Aurier leaving. But don't so keep trying. You just keep being told with Aurier that his agent's working on something. But he, my God, he's, how long's he working on this for? Uh, <laughs> uh, exactly. Perhaps he's been working with Andombele in fitness as well. Probably, but, yeah, uh, probably, maybe, maybe. But I think we, I think it is a good time to play City. Uh, I think they are seriously undercooked. They've got fantastic players for sure. I think mm. some of those England players, Sterling, Walker, or whatever, will play. I just, I don't know. I just get that, that, that. I don't know what, what you call it. Fate. It's fate that Kane comes off the bench to score the winner. It is just that is the headline that is waiting. I just think that's that's the the story that will get happened is that Kane comes off the bench, seventy fifth minute, scores a winner. I, I can just I see these things happening in football. It's like the curse of the old boy. The old boy always comes back yeah. to haunt you. And I just think there's so much speculation about Kane at the moment that that and, and, and so much attention around him, and we know. Sky's commentary is going to be absolutely dreadful come Sunday, isn't it? And and, and every single pre-game mm. Nuno will be asked why isn't Kane in the starting lineup or something like that. But I just I just see Harry Kane winner for Tottenham on Sunday as being that this the story. I really can. 
on that point then, um, let's come, let's come around, guys, and ask you about team. What we're expecting? Um, Ads, do you expect Harry Kane to have any involvement whatsoever? I think I, it would it wouldn't surprise me if he was on the bench. Um, I think I, I think Romero might play. I don't know. Um, I, the, the interesting one I think is probably centre mid ish. Um, yeah, I. I, I like Lo Celso. Um, I know he's not been fit for long enough. I think he had... He's a, I mean, he's another one who hasn't had a pre-season. There was one spell, I think, after lockdown where he was fit and he did play and he was very good. If, yep. he, if, if that Lo Celso can play, I'd like to see him in the middle. Um, and then I sort of get confused because I don't quite know where Delhi goes. I think Delhi has a problem in football as a, as a person. You mean because generally, think, generally, yeah. Because I think the the four two three one formation with Kane as a number nine and Delhi as a ten running off of him is is absolutely perfect for Delhi. He can't. Yep. He's not. He's nowhere near as effective in any other formation. No. And four three three or four four. Two, he doesn't. It's like it's difficult to know where he sort of fits in that. It's interesting. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a great point you make there because I, I agree that I, I, for Delhi, what's been bizarre, Vass, is that he's actually started every game of Nuno's pre-season. You know, you, you look at it and you think every game he's been involved in. So therefore, surely he wouldn't be playing him every game if number one, he didn't fancy him. And number two, he's not got the foresight to think, well, I'm going to be playing him next season. Do you see what I'm coming from? Why, why would he be playing every pre-season game if he's not going to be part of Nuno's plans? I think he's probably one of the players that Nuno needs to have a really good look at for the reasons that Adam stated in in terms of where his best position is and the formations and because Delhi is at a bit of a crossroads. He had a poor season last season, wasn't helped by Jose, but he, he had a he had a poor season. And I think Nuno wants to see him, and that's why he's playing every minute. Now, I was encouraged uh, with his performance in the Arsenal game because. I saw Delhi be creative. I saw him buzz around in midfield. I saw him get forward and he had a couple of good chances, hit the post. Um, and then towards the end of the game, I saw him dropping deeper and trying to hit people with long passes. So there seems to be a variation in Delhi's game coming through now. It's just a question of whether it's um, something that we're going to be seeing more of or not. The interesting thing with Delhi is, Jace, you know, we've had, we've, we've seen Delhi at his best in a Tottenham shirt. And the last two seasons, it just, for whatever reason, just hasn't quite worked out. You know, maybe it's to do with, you know, personal or, you know, in terms of managers that obviously have come his way. But obviously the key thing here is, can Nuno get that Delhi back that we know what he's capable of? We've seen him contribute to the team and link up and score, you know, a substantial amount of goals. You know, we don't need that, that stat again we throw away at the time. Was I think more goals than the likes of combined Gerard Beckham, Lampard. When you look at the stats it was at the time, it was an incredible start. It was a formidable start. And the problem is when you have that much of a rise early on, the expectation just goes up. And that's amongst the fan base as well. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a massive pressure then on Delhi to keep on performing at that level. And it's not easy, that football. We know that. And you'd always expect a dip. But I think it's fair to say we didn't expect a dip where, you know, two seasons in a row where we just... There's not been the same player there. And I think, will he ever get back to that player at Tottenham? 
I think Adam Adam sums it up perfectly. It's it's I think it's the role that he plays. He has to adapt to the way that we're playing now, and we don't play with the four two three one with him able to run off a cane. So he has to find he has to find a different way. I, I would think the one the one thing that Nuno's probably impressed with, and I think I'm impressed with how how Delhi's gone through this summer. I thought he gave a really mature interview where he he could have easily blamed everything on Mourinho, and he said. It's it's not Mourinho. I should never be in a position where I should be left out of the team. He very much took took uh, ownership of his own problems. He didn't try and hide behind excuses. He's gone away. He has worked incredibly hard on his obviously on his fitness and the, the condition he's cut. And we we talk about Ndombele's mentality. Delhi's Delhi's shown the other way. So you know when Nuno sees him working as hard to be part of new plans, that's got to impress a new manager. So I think he will get the chance to. I think Geo not being Geo's obviously had the problem with like the England players where Argentina went right the way through to the final. So Geo hasn't been really available until last Sunday anyway to play. Uh, as Geo's fitness and levels come up, then there's a genuine choice maybe for the role between Delhi and Geo, which there hasn't been through pre-season. I think Delhi gets the shout on Sunday. It's up to Delhi to put on a performance Sunday that makes sure he holds that shirt for the following week. And when you're in possession of the shirt, you're the one that's got to control it. So I think he'll have the early chances. But as the season progresses, if Delhi isn't producing enough in that role and then Gio does start to play well in it, then then he'll have the same problems again. But it's it's up to Delhi to show us what he can do in a different role. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, taking a look more into the into the into the starting eleven. Let's come on to back to you, Ads. You know, doubts wise for Tottenham, like we've said, uh, and Dombele, he always apparently a bit of a doubt. Romero, Kane, Sessegnon, all down to fitness. In terms of we'll look at maybe defence, uh, we expect Lloris to start in goal. We would assume, although uh, Galini, what, what do you think? Well, I well, say Lloris to start. Is that a given? What do you think? I don't. I, don't, I was thinking about this today, actually, and I was. I, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Lloris didn't start. I think he will. But actually, that's one position that's almost not got, got spoken about at all. I think everyone's just thought, oh, he's come in as a number two. And I, that that's one place where I'm not, I would say I'm not 100% nailed on that that's right. But I, I'd be surprised if Lloris didn't start. Um, I think, I, yeah, I think, I think that, you know, let, I think it will be four... Three three or four two three one. I think it, I think it would probably be pretty much the team that, that has been playing every other game. I hope Skip starts with Hoybeg, and then Delhi or Lacelso will play. Um, I assume it will be Tanganga at right back, but I don't. I don't think we've got you know Oria mm. and Sissoko. They clearly want to get rid of. They haven't given yeah. them any time at all. Yeah. So that, <laughs> there's not. Huge amounts of options after that, and I can't see Kane starting. Yeah, I mean, I'll be the mindset coming over to you, Vass. I'll be the mindset that Sanchez and Dyer are going to be paired together for this one. I think so. I know Adams uh, hinted that Romero might play, but mm. um, I, I don't know if I'd throw him in straight away. He's not had any preseason. He's never. He's not really played with either Dyer or Sanchez he, he, alongside you him. Wouldn't throw, you wouldn't throw him, in, throw him in, even though the concerns with Sanchez and Dyer's erraticness. Erratic defensively. Yeah, listen. I, I think um, I think Sanchez gets a raw deal from Spurs fans. I, I just think the the, the guy he, he needs coaching. 
and he needs confidence. Um, he had a spell last year where for four or five games he was our best defender. Hmm. I know he's got the odd mistake in him, which is a concern. But again, he's another one that I'm hoping uh, that Nuno will be able to coach and get inside his head and, and make him a better player. But that said, I, th I think it likely will be Sanchez and Dyer purely because they've had a run of games together now in pre-season. It just makes yeah. sense to, to stick with it right now. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, as Romero gets fitter, then he'll be integrated into the side. Just maybe not against City. You know, you know. I think yeah. the following week we play Watford. Maybe bring him in for that. Yeah. What I would say actually on Sanchez, Vass, uh, is that when he was next to Vertonghen. For that, for that season he was, he was, you know, he, he looked impeccable. And I thought, you know what? He's actually going to become a real, real decent defender. Looked organised, solid, um, commanding at, at times. I just think with what's happened with Tottenham, of course, we had the, one of the best pairings we ever had during my lifetime in Aldevaro and Vertonghen. And it's so hard. You don't actually, re sometimes you take it for granted having that good of a centre-back pairing to try and find another telepathic partnership. Yeah, I think so, the thing with I think the thing with Sanchez is he makes the same mistake. Yeah, he, he makes two of the same mistakes all the yeah. time. Agree. He gets he gets he gets turned by a little man, mm. and then yep. he, he also get where they spin in behind him, yep. and then he also gets bullied at certain it's too points. Close. And it, yeah. it's the mm. same. It's the same. It's like the same thing. Yeah, and it's like it, it, and, and and that's the frustrating bit with him because you look mm. at him, he's massive, big, strong, fast, and then he makes the same mistakes, and you're like, you need to, you know. Learn yeah, from that. He gets it's sucked into it. the ball sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing about Romero is, I agree with what everybody's saying. Um, and then I just sort of think, well, if he's as good as he's meant to be and he's made out to be, and he is that good, and everyone's saying he's amazing, why would you not just chuck him in? Yeah. Why would you? Why? Why would you? you know? He's been training. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and he's had obviously he played at the Copper. He can obviously play at the Copper America. So he's, yeah, he, you know, yeah, he won't, he won't be that unfit. No, he had, had no. a couple of weeks no. off. Yeah, I haven't I seen a lot of uh, Romero, but the, the mm. bits that I have heard is that he can be a little rash and give away free kicks around the penalty area and things like that. So it's maybe a good time to tell us about after we've got him. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, looking forward to Sunday now. I can't wait. I can't wait now. <laughs> I mean, we've got Sanchez and Dai who do that as well. Dai yeah, does I mean, it listen, in, in, the, in the box, oh, man. He does yeah. it in the box, it's, not it's, in the round. As long as oh, it's outside, man. Yeah. Probably 60 yards back the other way. That's, that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah. Jace, the, the, only thing be, the only thing I would say, Jace, is, you know, even with Dyer and with Dyer, there's actually times where, I mean, for example, Carabao Cup final, he was brilliant that game. He was phenomenal. But the thing with Dyer is it's it's one moment of isolated madness yeah. over the course of 90 minutes. And it's just so bizarre because as a whole, it doesn't look too bad. But you, the problem with Dyer for me is that you can't, you just can't be in a situation where you have that one erratic error in your game every week you can't you can't rely on someone like that you can't and for all the 89 minutes of good stuff the one minute it's pointless having him if he's going to do that well you know we have that right across our back line we have it with sirs can play well and then do a ridiculous foul that gives a penalty away the left back you know that, that gets away with murder as Spurs fans because they're so obsessed with Harry charges forward with pace but I look at him defensively look how many rash challenges he makes look at the the own goal of of complete lunacy against Aston Villa. Look, look how often Reggion does it. I mean, 
you know, we see the recovery run that he made against Chelsea comes up, but he cost us a goal that night against Chelsea on his debut with a rash challenge and things. So, you know, Reguillon does it, Dyer does it, Sanchez does it, Aurea does it. Uh, it's, it's, it's maybe it's just uh, part of being a defender, Jason. Yeah, it is. I think the thing about our defence, though, you know, is that under Mourinho, we sat deep. So we defended more than yeah. normal. So so there's more opportunities yeah. to make a super yeah. challenge. Yeah. yeah. Whereas actually under Potocino, when we were on the front foot and we dominated game and we bossed games, the defence yeah. wasn't under pressure as much. So, so, so. I, I, I mean, Dyer is an interesting one. I, you know, I again, he came in at centre back when our defence was at its most fragile, which is now, and, yeah, and it's most yeah, disruptive yeah. because we had a completely settled, settled squad. You know, and I, and I, I do look at Dyer, and I think, in the same way that Baz made the point about Sanchez, if he had a very good partner next to him mm. who copied copied what he did, or or was like the opposite of of what he did. Fast could get around and so on. Then maybe that might help him, because I think he is a, a leader. I think he's got a good attitude. He fights and and, and so on. Um, it's just yeah. those lapses of concentration. Mm. Guys, moving on to the midfield uh, again. This is an interesting one because, for example, one of the skip we saw. I think it was towards the end of July. I saw the rumours being linked with a move to Newcastle on loan. I just thought. Are we in that position where we can start to offload midfielders, bearing in mind the lack of fitness for Ndombele and the Celso? And to be fair to Skip, it will be a big step up for him this season. I've, I've got no doubt, you know, from the Championship to the Premier League and, you know, for the level of where Spurs fans want their midfielders to be, it is going to be a big step up. So, Jace, um, is Oliver Skip a player that you would actually be putting in your 11 for the game of the weekend against City? I think we're we're very one fit, you reckon? I think he will start, but I have my concerns about him. Uh, he's so hyped now, Oliver Skip, because of his year at Norwich. But this is a young kid coming into the Premier League. Um, he looks to be a better player than Winks does now, but I don't see him as a better player than Winks was at that stage. And that, and that's the thing. You know, if, if we judge him on Harry Winks' first year where we... We, we were talking about him being Winksy Esther and, and dominating against Real Madrid and things. And then mm. you see how it's tailed off. I think, you know, at the moment, I think that there's so much goodwill to Oliver Skip that when he does something good, we'll absolutely rave about it and we'll perhaps turn a blind eye to the mistakes. But at some stage in the season, that flips when the mistakes can't start costing you and you start to think, hold on a minute, yeah, he can do this, he can do it. But He's not doing this and he's not doing that. So I think the jury's out on Oliver Skip. I'm, I, by all means, I'm not writing him off or or casting any, you know, I'm not talking badly of Oliver Skip. It's just there's a lot to prove for it. for any young player. I've said it with Jafet Tanganga and things. Yeah. And there will be mistakes that Oliver Skip makes. So let's let's calm down a little bit of, of projecting Oli, uh, Oliver Skip as this wonderful midfield player. Yeah, let's let him grow into it. I think Heuberg alongside him is a good one. And that's another reason why I worry about Ndombele, because I think he'll need two good players alongside him to talk him through games and, to, you know, not make those rash challenges himself. And he'll need proper leadership around him. And there's lots of hopes for him, but I'm not ready to quite acclaim him as this wonderful talent just yet. 
Yeah, I mean, that's where are you on this? Would would you be putting Oliver Skip in your team, or would you be more favouring, you know, an Ndombele, even though he's not played a minute so far? The Celso, who would be your midfield pairing for that game in City? In the, you know, say that in that middle of that midfield. Yeah, I'd, I'd pair Skip and Hoybier. I, I wouldn't have any qualms about that. I think Skip was trusted uh, by Poch a couple of seasons back. Uh, and he made a few appearances. I think that the loan at Norwich only served served him well to improve his confidence, his physique, and his um, play on the ball. So, you know, listen, Norwich are a, a Premier League team now. They might, they may very well have been in the Championship, but they bossed it so so much. They were as good as a Premier League team halfway through that season. So, not not to say they might not go back down again, obviously, but. Um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have a problem playing playing skip on on Sunday. No. Okay. Uh, Ads has come over to you. Let's discuss about Spurs' forward options. I mean, we would imagine we're we're gonna see Lucas Bergvine, Sonny in the line, Delhi potentially in the team. Anything there you disagree with? Do you think that's? I mean, if I if I read you out, maybe Spurs' probable team probably we may say Lloris in goal, Tanganga, Sanchez, Dyer, Regulon, the Celso, Hoybier, Lucas, Delhi, Bergvine, Son. We disagree with any of those players in there. Yeah, I think I, I think I think it will be those players. It doesn't overly excite me. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you know. I think if we're all being honest, when we had a really good team, Mora and Bergwine would be subs. Um, now, you know, I know Mora actually had a great end to the season. And he had some great periods. Um, I'm not sure about his consistency, um, and Bergwine, I can't quite work out either. Um, it doesn't really create anything is, is it just the case with Bergwijn do you not think he's just been under Mourinho yeah. very much shattered yeah it might be and, and almost turned into a much more defensive player where when we bought him I thought it was all about the attacking prowess you know letting letting rip really at teams where you know he was asked to play a lot more of a, def- you know, a more defensive role I mean um, we've got a comment in here from uh, Sean Snow he says you on the bench would, would that be what you'd expect obviously he's not had any pre-season with Tottenham he's just come back from the Olympics so, even on the bench, we reckon our new summer signing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll he'll definitely be on the bench. I mean, Nuno's pretty much. Was that to me or to Jason? Sorry, it my thing cracked. That was well, to you, Ed. That me. was to you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I think I think he'll um that uh Brian will be on the bench. I think uh, Nuno's mm. pretty much said he's young. He's going to be the type of guy that comes on a bit like how we probably use Triore. I think for like those last twenty minutes, thirty minutes for that pace and direct play. Um. I think. Jason, why are you holding your head? Arsenal have lost. No, no, Traore, please. I, I get <laughs> no, I said, I said that type of play that yeah, he used no, to no, bring no. on, you know, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure on formation. I think it's going to be a sort of 4-3-3, but I don't quite know how 4-3-3 works with Skip and Hoybieg, um, unless unless Hoybieg gets a slightly more advanced role in the same yeah. way that he did have for Denmark. It, it, I'll be honest, um, it's, it isn't the most, and I think like Vassar, it's not the most, uh, oh, one of you guys said, it's not the most, attra- I think you said it adds, it's not the most attractive line team up. on paper. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, I mean, you know, having a having a home game where it's Skip and Hoybier as your two midfield, I mean, listen, of course, I know you're going to probably have Lucas Moura and, and Bergwijn and Son in there. Definitely a need to do more business, isn't there? I mean, Jace, what, what do you think, team-wise, is that roughly what you expect? Any, any other surprises apart from what we've already mentioned so far? Like yeah, I think it's more or less what you. I, I think Delhi rather than Geo starts in midfield, but mm. um, 
and then you got Bergwijn more, and I think that's what it will be. That's the first game. Of the, the disappointment, I suppose, is that here we are, first day of the season, and that will mean there's not a single new player in the team. And yep. You'd like to have one or two summer signings up and ready to, to go now, but um, you know we haven't. We just have to. Get, uh, Gil Gil's an interesting one because he he certainly should be up to match fitness already, having been at the yep. Olympics playing. It's it's not Agreed. like he's coming back off a three or four week break, so. You know, he'll be the option off the bench. But like I say, I think Kane comes off the bench and the, the, the headlines are there for Kane to grab the, the goal that decides the game. Yeah, there you go. I think Sean's uh, one of your one of your fans there, Jace. Traore, one-dimensional pace, oh. haven't he? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying that we should want him. <laughs> I know you're not. My point was merely... Yes, you were. I know you're, I know you're <laughs> not. He used to bring him on for 20 minutes yeah. half an hour, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That, no, that, I do think that's I think that's where we'll see uh, Gill or Hill or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. I think that's where we'll see him used. Yeah. Right, guys. I think it's that time then to put our nails to the mask and try and uh, predict the score for this. And uh, I know it's quite a dangerous game when we do this. So um, let's start with you, Vass. <laughs> just, just throw you in there. <laughs> you know how much I hate predictions, don't you? I know, man. I know you absolutely hate predictions. I mean, okay, first I'm going to ask you... In terms of, do you reckon it'll be a real cautious approach from Tottenham? Will we come out the blocks flying? Or do you reckon it will be, you know, one okay. of those where we'll study buildings the game? I mean, under Nuno, from from watching his teams, you know, there was an element of they like control of a game. I think it's fair to say that, quite disciplined. Um, I know many were saying that they've got a defensive approach about them, but I would base that on the fact that the, the players that he's had available to him, you know, you've got the players that he's got now, it's slightly different. Do you think he will start defensive against City because of the nature of the opposition? I think we may start defensive, but we're not going to be sitting as deep as we've been accustomed to seeing Spurs uh, sit that deep. I think we'll we'll probably defend and look to counter, but we'd also be looking to win the ball higher up. So we'll be pressing more. So if we can win the ball in the right areas of City, then I think we've got enough pace up front to counter and to, and to um, hurt them. So... Uh, yeah, I'm optimistic from that point of view. Uh, in terms of prediction, yeah, uh, two-one Spurs. No, we two-one Spurs. Let's cover. Let's cover out of you next, ads. Um, I, I similar question I want to ask you. So yeah, around to you, ads. Similar question to ask you. Um, what do you think in terms of our approach will be? Will we be standoffish? Will we allow City to have the ball, command of the ball? Because I think when you look at the wins we've had at the top of stadium against City, it has been City having the majority of possession. We've broken the counter attack. And have got the victories. Do you see that being similar, or do you think we will have a bit more of a front hold because it is Nuno's first game? We want to impose, hopefully, his philosophy into Spurs fans. He wants to show them that he does want to play, you know, an attacking brand of football. I think, um, I think, as good as Man City are, there is a formula to beat them, uh, and we've seen that. One of one is to sit, contain, and counter. And the other one is to, a bit like how Liverpool beat them quite aggressively the last couple of years, where they were really aggressive with them. I don't think, I don't think we can do the second one. I don't think we're good enough to do that. I think there will be an element of containing, um, but I think that I don't think it will be like a Mourinho containing where we sit on the edge of the box. I think we will press them and hunt them, but I think we'll be. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Chris is very optimistic. I don't. I don't think we'll be really cagey. I think we will press them and we will try and get at them. But I think we'll be cautious. 
Jace, come on. It's a casting vote. You, what do you reckon we're going to see? Are we going to see a more disciplined approach, defensive approach, or will we be seeing Nuno imposing a philosophy on Spurs where it is an attacking brand of football, which Paratici has been one of the reasons why obviously he's here. He's here to play, you know, and a, and a brand of football that suits the, the narrative at Spurs. What we asked for on that statement, I think, from Daniel Levy was, um, we're going back to, was it the DNA? DNA. The DNA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God, I. I hate that word DNA, especially with Tottenham. I wouldn't mind a DNA if it was over the last few 15 years of winning trophies, but it hasn't been. What, what are we expecting, Jace? Uh, I, I think we'll be cautious, but as Vass says, I don't think we'll be Mourinho-esque. I don't think it'll be a bus parking session. Um, but I think, you know, much... My philosophy, I, I think City is seriously undercooked, and I think it is a chance to get... I know what, we're, I know what Adam says... Are we good enough to get a, a normal city? We're not we're near good enough to go toe to toe with Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling and Gundogan and all that in full flow. But they are not that Manchester City right at this second. So I think if you can get Manchester City, I, I think we'll have more fluidity in our movement up front than they will, just because of the the nature of playing them on day one after a big international season. So I think that the opportunity is there to to be. To, to be really forceful in the game. And I hope that's the way we go. And if we do that, I'm, I'm sure we have a great chance against them. Guys, we shall wait to see. Let me say my thanks to a wonderful panel. You know, I've tried to find the most fair balanced panel out there to start off, i say the last one on Spurs on YouTube here. Let me say my great thanks again to Vasconi over at the Dot the Tottenham podcast. Got to check that out. George, it is one of the first podcasts to drop. I mean, I think it even beats us coming out, which is, uh, which is I thought, I thought well, we're trying to be first, but... We used to beat you by a lot, but you started yeah. coming back at us, mate. We're, but, we're slowly... Uh, you know, I've slowly started to come alive again now since the baby's sleeping more, so I'm, yeah. I'm slowly getting there now. I'm slowly oh, getting no, there, no, no. honestly. Go back to looking after the baby. I, listen, I will just say, Nikki Wallace has been firing a load of questions at us, yeah. and she want, he or she wants something to listen to at 4am because uh, she's listened to the last word on Spurs now, or he... So uh, go go find listen last to week's... it again. Listen to it again. <laughs> well, yeah, there's yeah. always that. Or go back and find last week's Doctor Tottenham. You'll, you'll enjoy. There you that. go. <laughs> Definitely. That's how we, just a, a reminder. How can we find Doctor Tottenham? Uh, anywhere, mate. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, wherever you look for Doctor Tottenham podcast, we're there. Thank you very much. No pleasure. Just to answer Mikhail's question, yes, this is coming out as an episode on Spotify. All our pod, all our shows that we do on YouTube are coming out on audio as well. So to answer your question, um, and yeah, I agree with Adam. What you said there, go and listen back to it again. Honestly, go and listen back to it again. Subscribe whilst you're here as well. Ads, um, it's been a pleasure having you on. It's you know difficult talking about certain subjects with Tottenham this summer. Obviously, one being Kane, but always a pleasure having you on. We look forward to having you back on throughout the season. Cheers, Ricky. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. It's good. Oh. Always good, mate. Always good talking things to Tottenham. And it's nice seeing Jason, like I say, now fully fledged, no more Mourinho to worry about. Um, <laughs> who can hopefully try and enjoy his football again, Jason? What's the well, chances? Well, I've got an iPhone 12 here, and I'm, which has got a nice big screen, but I still can't find Arsenal on the table at it. So, uh, <laughs> you got to keep scrolling, Jason. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling down. <laughs> iPhone 18 to come out so oh. I can see where they are in the league. Oh, my God. And the club that changed their name from Woolwich to Arsenal, so they'd be up the top on the alphabetical list. They're back in the W section now. So, <laughs> you know, keep them down there, boy. Keep them down there. And they got I Chelsea and Man City next, haven't they? Have they? 
I think, I think yeah, Man City next. Yeah. Oh, lovely, lovely. The reason why I'm not getting carried away, Jace. I mean, our, our start to the season as well. It, it's a tricky one, but Joel, it would be great, wouldn't it, if we can go on a high? Nuno's first game in charge to get that win. That would give everybody such a boost in the camp. So we're mm-hmm. keeping our fingers crossed. Like I say, can I say a massive thank you to everyone that's been listening to us on YouTube? If you haven't already, if you're liking our content, please subscribe. Every subscriber, like I say, gets this show out even further, guys. Thank you so much. Most importantly, above all, keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.